0: You're listening to the Far Out Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Hannon. This week's episode is brought to you by Gibson Guitars and Two Frogs Bar and Grill in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Well, I should listen to Mr. Bill Good morning, everybody. This is the Far Out Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Hannon. Yeah, that's right. I said good morning. I'm up bright and early today. It's Tuesday, the day after Cyber Monday and uh, Black Friday. And I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. It's been pretty wild around here. Uh, I'm getting ready to fly out tomorrow morning to Dallas, Texas, and then driving over to Fort Worth to compete in the Carity Foundation charity celebrity cutting event. This event happens every year at Will Rogers Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, and it's put on by the Carity Foundation, who benefit cancer patients in the Fort Worth area. Also sponsored by the NCHA, that's the National Cutting Horse Association. Now for those of you that don't know what cutting is, cutting is the oldest cowboy sport in the horse industry. Back in the old West days, the cowboys would ride their horses herding cattle across the country and when they would find a cow to be sick or in need of care, they would recognize when the horses were extra smart and would walk into that herd and cut that cow out of the herd. And then that cow tries to get back to the herd and tries to outsmart the horse, but the horses are so smart and the training that's involved with the riding of these horses is very intense. It takes a lot of work and patience. I also want to let you know that these animals are treated with the utmost respect. There's no abuse. The NCHA does not tolerate any kind of abuse to these animals animals. Uh, the cattle are treated with respect as well as the horses. And I know personally that My horse loves her job. (laughs) I can't wait to see her. We're gonna fly out tomorrow and the competition is on Friday. One of the other aspects of cutting and being involved in this event is I've been able to meet a lot of different people. The cutting world and the horse world is a whole different culture than the rock and roll world, but everybody works so hard at it that there's a mutual love and respect amongst each other. One of the people that I've become very close to is a legendary cowboy named Bill Riddle. Now Bill is an CHA Hall of Fame cowboy and I'm going to interview him for the Far Out podcast in the upcoming weeks. Now through Bill Riddle, I happen to meet this next guest on the Far Out podcast, Mr. Aubrey Harris. He's the owner of Two Frogs Bar and Grill in Ardmore, Oklahoma of all places. Far Out. Ardmore is about two hours north of Fort Worth, Texas, and I happened to just go in there and have lunch with Bill, and it turns out this is a great rock and roll nightclub, and I've done several shows there over the past couple years. Aubrey's brought me in to open for Kings of Chaos and Jared James Nichols. And Two Frogs Bar and Grill is a great club, great restaurant, if you happen to be in the Fort Worth, Texas area or the Oklahoma area, be sure and visit Two Frogs Bar and Grill. Now, this weekend, Aubrey has a very special charity event happening there himself. So not only will I be riding in the Carity Foundation event, Aubrey will be hosting a benefit concert at Two Frogs to benefit a children's home in Ardmore, Oklahoma. So I've got a plane to catch. i got to get to Fort Worth and get on my horse. Without further ado, let's get Aubrey on the phone. Hello? Aubrey Harris, what's happening? It's Frank Hannon calling you.
1: What's up, my man? What's going on?
0: We are live on the Far Out podcast, and I told my listeners that I was going to give you a call. Uh, I've been up early this morning. This is the first ever cell phone interview I am doing on the Far Out podcast. How are you this morning?
1: I'm good, man. I feel very uh, privileged to be the very first online Frank Hannon of Tesla Killer promo slash podcast. (laughs) Good
0: stuff. <laughs> well, I had Jesse James Dupree. He's a great friend of yours too. Did you get a chance to taste any of his whiskey?
1: Dude, Jesse's whiskey and that cinnamon—you uh, know, there's like a cinnamon drink called uh, the Devil's Devil. You know, we got those bottles from you, and now we're actually selling it at the restaurant, so at Two Frogs. So we're going to start selling all his stuff, man, at our concert here in Ardmore. It's pretty cool, man. Thanks for the hookup. Thanks for reminding me that he has good liquor.
0: All right, so just so, so I can let my listeners know, Aubrey owns a killer club called Two Frogs Grill in Ardmore, Oklahoma. He's opened it up to to me and many rock stars or many musicians. Jared James Nichols has joined me there for some Notorious Jams. Aubrey. You're a musician yourself, man. You play guitar.
1: Yeah, man. I started when I was really young, you know, when I was 11, 12 years old. I I love classic rock. It was just infectious, man, starting with Elvis or whatever to start picking up a guitar because I was so fascinated by watching Elvis, you know, get up on stage with his guitar, twisting around doing his thing and his vocals and everything. And I Wait
0: a minute. Did you say Elvis?
1: Yeah. Elvis was, I saw that Viva Las Vegas thing. Way back, man. Remember that thing was live, and he was like, you know, he was it was it was across the nation, and you know, I knew a little bit of Elvis, but man saw that cat get on TV uh, and we all got it even on our two channels back in the day <laughs> and uh, I was hooked man I'm watching him play the guitar and I, I really wanted to be Elvis if you know what I mean you know I do know Amazing. what you
0: I do know what you mean a good friend of mine when I was a little kid had had an Elvis album and jailhouse rock kind of like freaked me out as a kid
1: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we all love Jam House
0: Rock, man. <laughs> and, and you know, and when he says shaking like a leaf on a fuzzy tree, I was like, "What is a fuzzy? What's a fuzzy tree, man?"
1: <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I'm still trying to figure that one out, man. Let's That's pretty out. <laughs> yeah, your
0: club Two Frogs, man. When did you open Two Frogs?
1: We actually opened the, the restaurant, grill everything back in 1993. You know, my wife and I. You know, actually weren't married at the time. You know, and I was looking for something beyond just working. You know, and not working in a restaurant. And this little bitty tin building came up, and then, so 1993, we popped cherry man and started this little thing with these plastic plates, and it just it just took off and just slowly. You know, I was 24 at the time.
0: Yeah, you know, what's what's cool is, you know, some people think, oh, you're the guy in Tesla, you're on tour all the time, you're living the dream. But honestly, for a guitar player to have his own venue and a at a, a stage to jam on in his own hometown, that's really living the dream, man. That's cool.
1: Well, it's kind of, what's really crazy is, you know, I always wanted to be in a band, and you know what you do mesmerizes me, and, and all my friends that are in music that I've, you know, met over the years. You now, I love to jam. I love to watch people's fingers and how they get their tone and everything and whatever. But, you know, I never, I kept playing and I still do play, but didn't do it all where I have a business and get to see guys like you come kind of to my place and warm and fuzzy to play yourself with some coolness. You know, I think that's, what's cool. And, you know, you let me get up and jam a song with you, you know, and, and other people do that. It's fun. I get to dip in and dip out where you guys are on the grind all the time. So it's fun. It brings some really fascinating, amazing human beings that, you know, I wouldn't have gotten to know otherwise. And so doing the food thing and doing the guitar slash music thing slash booking shows has actually been fascination with music and bringing bands But dude, It warms my heart to see my heroes and all the guys that I really look up to come and, you know, hang out in Ardmore and play and then come eat with me and then hang out and drink a beer. What else? What you know? What's life all about anyway? You make the memories, man, and memories is is kind of my theme.
0: Well, I've got some great memories with you, Aubrey. Um, just so people know, Ardmore, Oklahoma is two hours south of Oklahoma City and two hours north of Dallas. And uh, it's, right. it's right kind of in the middle of nowhere, so to speak. I met you from Bill Riddle when I was riding horses out at his ranch in Ringling, Oklahoma, which is even farther out in the middle of nowhere. But it's a it's a great area. The people are great. We've made some great memories there, one of them which is when you introduced me to Dean DeLeo and Robert De Leo of Stone Temple Pilots. You brought me in to jam at a gig at the Heritage Hall, and then we went over to Two Frogs and jammed uh, with Kings of Chaos and Matt Sorum. You've really created some great memories with Jared, James Nichols, and myself doing some jams there. Tell us some of the other artists. I know you had Ted Nugent there recently. Tell us some of the other artists that you've brought in.
1: Well, what's crazy is, go back to my history, man, I can just rip off like four or five rag right and roll because it started with 38 Special, was the first really large band I ever booked, right? Now, I always love those guys. They had so many hits. And then, T-Trick, who, you know how much I love T-Trick. I just loved the weirdness of the coolness of that band. So I booked them, and we've been friends. You know, I've been acquaintances with that band since 2002, 2001, ever since I booked them, but I knew them way before that. I just had never booked them. And then we did Willie Nelson, then we did Skinner, then we did Frampton, and the first Frampton show I did, lo and behold, was Joe Bonamassa, right? Wow. So what started happening was, every time I would book a band, I would start bringing an after-party, and about 50% of the artists that played the main stage over you know, downtown at the place that I run, called Heritage Hall, they would come over and hang out, you know, and like, you know, it's cool to have, like, Thirty eight special come in and chill out and watch some music or jump on stage or or have like the Legal Brothers with Matt and Steve Stevens and Frankie come in after their show and just get on stage and play five or six you know their hits. It's insane, dude. And you know, Rios B-Wag and Styx, you know, Willie Merle, Charlie Daniels, Travis Pitt. We've had Clint Black, uh uh the Dee Brothers. and I mean I can go on and on and on and all these Amazing artist, man. Yeah, Grammy winners.
0: Then you have that guy from Tesla too. Didn't he come in there? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and, you
1: know that was so cool, man. To have you and, I'm just, uh, I'm and, just, and No, seriously.
0: I'm just playing, no, man.
1: Hey, well, tell the people. Let me tell the people, though. That's
0: my new stage name, uh, <laughs> that guy from Tesla. <laughs> well, uh,
1: speaking of that guy from Tesla, man, did you see the mob with that guy from Tesla right after he walked off the stage in that show, man? Dude, you had, like, man, they, I've never seen people buy a CD so fast in my life, dude. You you moved a lot of people, man. That was killer. Oh, that was when killer, when, when
0: I did the Kings of Chaos show and, and I did my Gypsy Highway acoustic set there. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was magical watching everybody attack you, man. I love that. It was like I felt like at that moment, you know, I was like, "All right, let's do more right now." This dude, man, he he, you did a, he, you obviously do amazing job, man. Your vocals and doing that stuff—it's so much fun to have you and, and, and hear you play some of the hits that you created over the years. But you know, it's one of those things where, just like you, to come and play, it warms my heart to sit and watch you play, right? So like seeing the people react and they feel, they're so gracious, man. Most people are so gracious to see something like that in a small town. So it doesn't happen in most towns under uh, 25,000. You know what I mean?
0: Thanks, man. And I didn't mean to, to steer that conversation about me. I just was honored hey. to be a part of the, the people you were mentioning, Cheap Trick, Ariel Speedwagon, and, oh, and, hell yeah, and uh, Joe Bonamassa. You know, you showed me some pictures of Joe Bonamassa at his, very earliest stages of his career, so you've seen a lot of people uh, on their upcoming uh, phases of their career. And you mentioned Cheap Trick. Now you've got Robin Zander coming in to do a benefit show for you soon. Is that correct?
1: It's actually a toy drive, but we turned it into a little more than that. So the toy drive started out me and Robin hanging out, and uh, his manager doing a show down in Dallas. And I said, "Man, I started more. I talked. I talked him into coming to Ardmore on uh, December uh, the sixth. So he's coming with his son and his family." and he's going to be playing acoustic with his son, which his son's amazing as well and then uh then we added on Kevin Martin, he jumped in he's helping out from Candlebox, and then we added on Monty Montgomery, the guitar amazing guitar player uh, senior from Dallas, and we added another band called Providence and Outlaws so this thing just kind of took off and and then we did it. Now we're doing the after party. We added uh, Phil X from uh, Bon Jovi's playing the after party. Oh, so, Phil X is awesome,
0: so, man. Phil X is great.
1: Dude, he's so nice, man. Him and Matt Starr from Ace Frehley's band are coming with their bass player. they are doing that Phil X with you know in the drills, and they're gonna do like uh, covers. We're gonna try to get Kevin and everybody up to sing some songs and everything. But what's cool about it? The really cool part about this whole thing. All these memories are cool. All this stuff's cool. But it's even cooler. It's how generous some of the people have been to help me with some items to help raise money for the children's shelter and the women's shelter because we're doing it. like the family shelter in Ardmore is you know it's it's they're always looking for help and so is the children's shelter because they have to they can only do like eight or ten kids but you know how it is with kids man you know during Christmas and stuff it's hard to get people because they're so wrapped up in Christmas to help out I got to tell you man C. Stevens and Billy Idol they donated a couple of tickets and passes. Brett Michaels did, of course, Cheap Trick, of course, you, Ted Mucci. um, I think Lyle Levitt's going to donate something. Blake Shelton, Toby Keith, all these people that I've met over the years, man, you know, stepping up and helping me out. I mean, I'm not one to ask people for too many things, but on this particular one, I kind of reached out because I want to be uber cool. So hopefully we can raise some dough for those uh, for the children because it really, the children's shelter, the, the two directors are really cool. They're going to come in, they're going to ramrod that thing, and it's 100% not. Not this baloney 10%. 100% of that money is going to be just split between those organizations, which is really cool. So kudos to everyone and every rock star that's helping me out on this thing all the way down the line. Oh, that's a
0: great cause, Aubrey. Bless you for for putting that all together with these musicians. So if you're in the Dallas, Texas area and you're listening, drive up a couple hours up to Ardmore, Oklahoma, and visit Two Frogs Bar and Grill. The other thing there is the food is fantastic, and there's some rock and roll memorabilia there. I was blown away when I visited Two Frogs, all the great rock and roll photos you have in there, done by your friend Carl Dunn. Uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about that.
1: Oh, Carl Dunn, man. Well, back in the day, Concerts West and uh, some of these different uh, promoters and concert keepers back in the Dallas, Fort Worth. Back in the day, man, you know, the same people kind of put the shows on. Concerts West was like a big deal. And somehow or another, back in the late 60s, man, Carl Dunn had, like, you know, he got on a camera, and he got in on some crazy, crazy concerts, and they gave him, Full access of stages for Zeppelin, Hendrix, Jeff Beck. Go down the list. You name it, man. You've seen the pictures on the walls of my restaurant.
0: Yeah, there's fo- there's photos of Jeff Beck, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin that have never been published. David Bowie. There's a fo- there's a photo of David Bowie in there that's mind-blowing.
1: Carl Dunn, man, is just one of those low-key... He's not, he's not like the supermarketer at all. You know I mean? He has hundreds of thousands of pictures that Are unpublished, you know, in his presence, man. And what's crazy? He's, you know, he's been kind enough to grace my walls with uh, many, 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 many amazing historical pictures that you'll never get back in And that's what's really crazy, man. If you, you and I are looking at the walls, and you walk in that big, that big ass Zeppelin picture from 1974 when you walk in the door, you know he all these stuff that's on the walls will never be recreated. Everything, everything he took, all those cool guy pictures, he, he was blessed with the opportunity to go in behind the stage, side of the stage, behind the stage, and pull off some amazing, amazing shots that you and I, man, we just salivate over. Because, yeah. you know, we want. We weren't there for all of that, and you know, especially in those moments, they didn't do that so much back in the day, dude. I know.
0: I think he even, I think he even has a shot of Robert Plant, like in the hotel room or in the swimming pool oh, or something geez. like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was like this hotel down in Dallas, and he spent like a weekend with the band, and he was in the room chilling on a chair, and he got a picture of him, John Paul Jones and, and all these guys just hanging around, and one of John Bonham in the pool one of Robert Plant, yeah, you know, just hanging around, you know, because they hovered in Dallas a lot. That was kind of an area where they hopped out of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So amazing, huh? Crazy.
0: Hey, for some reason I can hear you a lot better all of a sudden uh, on the cell phone there. This is the first experiment of the cell phone call on the Far Out Podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Far Out Podcast. I'm Frank Hannon. I'm on the phone right now with Aubrey Harris from Ardmore, Oklahoma. He is the owner of Two Frogs Grill, a rock and roll nightclub that we've been talking about. He's a concert promoter. Aubrey, it's been great talking to you, man. Uh, Tell people where they can find Two Frogs Grill online or where they can help you with this children's home charity that you're putting on.
1: The ticket site that has everything you have. You can actually go to com. There's a ticket link with everything we have going on. You know, like anything, these days, if you want an answer to something, just Google Two Frogs Grill. Greatest gift in the world is Siri on your phone going, Two Frogs Grill. Stuff starts popping up left and right. So
0: I'm just going to recommend that people drive and come see you, Aubrey, because it's worth the trip to see the photos and eat the food and hear some rock and roll at Two Frogs Grill.
1: Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, like I said, I love seeing people pop in and out, and there's been some crazy pop ins and pop outs. The funniest, one of the one of the coolest things is when a band comes in and plays and enjoys it so much, and then they tweet out pictures from the restaurant or they do their thing. What's really cool is them to pull a bus off the road and just walk in the door, and we have a lot of that, and that's what's cool with people and really honestly, just good people. One thing I'll say, Frank, man, everybody, all this crap going on in the world today. Every day's a joy when I go to the restaurant to talk to people because there's a lot of cool people in the United States of America dude and when they pull in and they get they get the warm and fuzzy from walking into place checking it out eating her food just gives me that burst to want to do more and what's cool about people kind people are very infectious man and you're one of those dudes it's a pleasure for you to come and hang out I just I can't get enough of hanging out with good people man for real
0: oh thanks Aubrey the feeling's mutual bro Really love you, man. I
1: love you too, dude.
0: Hey, one last thing I want to talk about. Being that you're a guitar player and this is the Far Out Podcast and we've talked about your restaurant, we've talked about your concert promotions and the artists you've worked with and the charity you're doing. Last but not least, tell everybody what your favorite guitar is.
1: I have four guitars that trip me out. My first one was my first real guitar that I rode horses. You know, we talk about riding horses. My first one is my Silver Burst 81 Let's Ball Custom. I rode... A million horses at $2.00 piece, man, to buy that thing when I was 13 years old.
0: So that's how you earned the money, was riding horses to buy the Gips and Les Paul? Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, every dollar that, yeah, man, I rode great horses, you know, exercise for my uncles. Uh, back in the, you know, the early days, I was just light up, they threw me on a horse. And I was, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that the horses could kill me. But, you know, at the time, I got on them and I loved I, I fell in love with riding horses and it was fun. And then I would save my money up, and for Christmas, I went and took my 81 Les Paul out of up uh, at the local uh, G&G music store.
0: I've played that guitar. It's a Silver Burst, which is a really rare color. Gibson Les Paul Custom. Right? Yeah, that's a beautiful guitar. It's funny you rode horses to uh, earn the money for it. I had to push a lawnmower around to get my first Les Paul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do, you know. And Simpson, though, what I play the most is that 2000, I got a 2003 um, Gold Top 57 reissue Les Paul, and I really enjoy that guitar because it's got that really fat neck on it, and it's a stock. Really was crazy about it. Joe Bonamassa wore me out back in the day. He really wanted that guitar because he, he, he wasn't playing Gibson at the time, so Joe would come in and he would restring it. You know, he'd pull the strings over the bridge and stuff, and he'd string it like Billy Gibbons strings, and I never would let go of it. I, I, don't, I don't like letting go of guitars. And my last two guitars, really I love, and I'm scared even play them because they're so cool, but they sound great, was the two that Howard Lee from Hurt slash Bad Company did for me. He, he custom designed with me two guitars, uh, HML 14, HML 16, and I'll be honest with you, man, those are two of the best sounding guitars I had, but I'm so scared because, you know, they're rare now, but, you know, he had a fire and he lost a lot of those HMLs and stuff, and now I have one of the very few that he's made. I have two of them. And so those two guitars are kind of one of a kind, but man, with Seymour Duncan and, and uh, all the different uh, parts that he put on them are all like from, uh, you know, his stock and from stuff that was custom made. Those are really cool. One day we'll have to drink those babies out when you come to town.
0: Yeah, awesome. I look forward to playing those guitars, man. I love hearing about your gifts and Les Pauls. We're going to be talking more about gifts and guitars on the Far Out podcast. Aubrey, it's been great talking to you, man. What do you got planned for today, my brother?
1: I'm getting on a plane to take my wife for her birthday. We're going to see Aerosmith in Las Vegas.
0: All right. Well, you guys have a great time in Las Vegas. Tell her I said hi and uh, have a safe trip, Aubrey. It's been great talking to you, man.
1: All right, man. Love you, brother.
0: Peace. Peace. All right. as a little bonus on this episode, I'm going to have a very special candid interview with my good friend Jared James Nichols. We were just talking about him in the last interview there with Aubrey, and last time I was in Ardmore, Oklahoma, he and I did a jam and a killer show in Dallas, Texas, and Ardmore at Two Frogs, and whenever Jared and I get together, we have a lot of fun. It's like cosmic ESP connection when we play guitars on stage. Anyway... I'm going to hit the road. Here's an interview that I did with Jared. I hope you like it. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend, y'all. Far out. Welcome back. You're listening to the Far Out Podcast, and I'm Frank Hannon, your host. And I am sitting here with one of my favorite new guitar players. I say new, but he's been rocking around the world for the past couple years. He's one of my favorite guitar players out today, Mr. Jared James Nichols. What's up, bro?
2: Frank, thank you for having me on the podcast. This is awesome.
0: Thanks, man. This is one of my uh, new crazy adventures. You know, I'm always
2: doing crazy stuff, and this is a new one. I love it. I think it's going to be so killer. I can't wait to listen to it all the time on the road.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. So uh, we are in Ardmore, Oklahoma.
2: Now we kind of have a history here in Ardmore. We do have a history here. This is not our first time. We're no stranger to Ardmore. Yeah, We had some good times in Ardmore this last year, man. I always tell
0: the story about how we went and did a little roundup at the horse arena, man. Tell the listeners about that.
2: So check this out. Me and Frank are hanging out, and we got a show. It was a Friday night, and he goes, hey, there's an event happening over at the horse arena in Ardmore here. Let's go over there and pass out some flyers. So we drive down there, (laughs) looking the way we do, and there's a bunch of cowboys everywhere. We start handing out flyers for our show, and of course, everyone knows Frank. So he starts seeing all his old friends, but... It was the funniest thing ever because here we are. They were doing horse cutting and everything, and we're hanging out and uh, passing out flyers. But the best part was a ton of them showed up to our show. (laughs) Yeah. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, the Cowboys showed up, man. And, you know, you say they know me, but they actually know me more for riding horses and not
2: (laughs) rock and roll. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that hilarious, man? You had this crazy awesome career playing guitar, but they know you as a horse rider. The Cutter. Frank the Cutter.
0: So, Jared and I have this funny uh, running joke that we talk about. You know, 1989, Tesla is at Alpine Valley. Yep. And there was some hot babes on the bus, I have to say. And Jared, tell us about that.
2: So, you know, I, I, I had to put it together on my own. I couldn't use, like, Ancestry or any of those apps, you know. I had to, I had to put it together that I think... You know, Frank is my long-lost father. You know, he was doing a show, and and my mom just showed up, and (laughs) next thing you know, uh, nine months later, I popped out. And, you know, then someone gave me a tape of Edison's Medicine, and I heard it, I didn't even know what a guitar was, but I picked it up, and I just started playing.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, that just warms my heart, son.
2: (laughs) So now I tell everyone that I'm his long-lost son.
0: Well, I think it's partially the hair, man. You know, we just, we have the same hairdo going on.
2: We got the do, man. It's the rocker do.
0: But beyond that, dude, when we jam together, it comes together. Like last night, we were like shredding on stage. Last night, we played this really cool gig called Guitar Sanctuary in in, uh, Dallas. We were jamming, I think it was Stranglehold or something, but we just like stumbled on this one note, man. Wasn't that killer?
2: yeah when we jam together, I, and people always ask me, man how many times when do you guys practice what do you do we don 't We have this kinetic energy, I say, and yeah we it 's like he starts playing, I start playing, it starts going, and we just i don 't know what it is man it 's a rare thing we can just talk to each other through our guitars it 's so it's cool. awesome, I love it, bro I love it I love it son <laughs> <laughs> it 's it's, it's the DNA
0: <laughs> you know what this makes me feel better about my age though honestly I, you know I had a birthday uh, yesterday at the show I turned fifty three this year and You know, when you start getting in your 50s, man, you start tripping on getting old. But you know what? I'm proud that you were born in 89, right?
2: 89, my friend. 89.
0: So tell everyone, what was the first thing or first guy, first song or instance that turned you on to guitar and made you go, oh my God, I got to do that?
2: Really, it was, you know, I remember though, I remember listening to Tesla when I was a kid, man. I heard, I heard signs. I heard all that stuff on the radio. So I I was, I was a fan and I knew all about that.
0: Yeah. But you're way more bluesy, bro. You've got it going on. So I went, I went deep.
2: I, well, the first stuff I heard was like, obviously like Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, but that led me down the rabbit hole. And I always loved the sound of guitar. So it was Hendrix. And then I said, man, where did Hendrix get this stuff from? So I started digging deeper, and I was looking at Hendrix's influences. And then I found a guy named Stevie Ray Vaughan. And that's when the bridge broke, and I went headfirst into the blues. And from there, it was Clapton, Leslie West, Peter Green... Billy Gibbons, and then, you know, the Robin Trowers, but then even deeper, I went to the B.B. Kings, Albert Kings, Buddy Guy, Otis Rush, and then I mixed all that up with the Southern Rock and everything, and, you know, I just love all that blues-based rock and roll guitar playing.
0: Heck yeah, man, we're so blessed to be out here traveling and playing music, making people
2: happy. Absolutely, man. And I think it's awesome.
0: So you mentioned Hendrix. So that question I asked you, for me, when I was 10 years old, my mom took me to the J Street Cinema to see Monterey Pop Festival. Wow. The movie. Yeah. And I remember seeing Jimi Hendrix play Wild Thing. And when he starts the song off, he's just getting that crazy feedback. And he's like blowing kisses at the audience. <laughs> and just like, my, I, I was just like, oh, my God, I got to do that. Yes. And then he goes and he lights his guitar on fire
2: ultimate showman, right? I think that Hendrix is and always will be. He's he's our guy. He's the guy. Love him, hate him, whatever. Musically, what he did for guitar was obviously monumental and I think that Jimmy will always be an influence as long as as long as time is. I believe so. All right, Jared, so you have a very unique style
0: with the way you play with your fingers. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so when I picked up the guitar, I write left-handed. So when I picked up the guitar, I picked up a righty upside down. So I'm playing it like a lefty and I went for like an intro guitar lesson and the teacher said, hey man, you got to flip the guitar around. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you don't want to be a lefty, hence Jimmy, right? But he goes, you don't want to be a lefty because, you know, you're going to have a hard time playing guitar. And he goes, and honestly, I don't want to teach you upside down or backwards. And I was like, all right. So I started playing righty and I was using my thumb and my index finger. And he said, hey, if you're going to be a real guitar player, you got to use a pick. I said, okay, so for like five years, I used a pick and I was playing by the rules, but I never had control or it never felt natural. And I remember I used to like listen to the old blues guys or like I'd hear like chicken picking and I would drop the pick and I'd mimic it with my fingers. It started making more sense. And I just kept going on that, man. And it's funny because I did it personally and then people are all of a sudden started saying, hey, it's the no pick guy. You know, right? And it right. turned into like my thing.
0: Well, it's really inspirational, man. For an old guy like me, you know, because I was just listening to you play my SG just now, and you were picking with your fingers, but then you like hit a harmonic like out of nowhere, just a bing! out of oh, you yeah. know, with your right index finger.
2: It's a lot. There's a lot of cool things and. In- cool sounds and tones that you can get with your fingers that a lot of people wouldn't expect, especially on an electric guitar. Yeah, you know, A lot of people think finger style is just for acoustic, and it's beautiful, but there is a certain amazing feel and quality when you play an electric with your fingers. It's really an intimate thing, and you can get so many tones. Isn't it cool to learn new stuff on guitar? I love it. Every single day, I'm sure like you, you pick it up, and you just... A lot of times, I just do something that's like just a little off, and it's something new. I, I think guitar is one of those things until I'm, hopefully until I'm an old man, I'm gonna be learning something new every day. You never stop learning on it, man. and you know it's been fun every time we've jammed like in
0: chicago you know yeah. and it's usually one little thing that you learn it's yeah. like one little key one little breakthrough that opens up it could be one note like you showed me that little one half step little note you it's know?
2: It, that's the way it is and that's the beauty of guitar it, you will never stop learning it's it's there's no end and the best part for me is it's so like therapeutical that even after the gig or whatever i'll pick up the guitar just to for my own sanity you know it's it's beautiful Yeah. So
0: one of the themes on this Far Out podcast is uh, what do guys do outside of what they normally do? Like for me, I do horses or, you know, trying my hand and making some beer here pretty soon. (laughs) I'm trying this podcast, which is a whole new thing. Like, you know, I've done thousands of interviews in my career, but actually being on the other side of the interview is a really weird thing. And you're like my you're like my fourth interview. So I'm starting to get comfortable. I bet. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's, but uh, what do you like to do outside of play guitar? I, You know what? I love to have a good time, hang out with friends and family, first and foremost. And like you, you know, now I'm traveling so much that when I do get the time off, peace and quiet, I'm like an old man. <laughs> but I love old cars. I really, I have an old Ford Falcon, and I always tinker with that when I'm at home. I, You know, I like staying active. I like going to the gym and... You know, just being active, take the, take the dogs on hikes or whatever. A Ford Falcon. Huh? I have a Ford Falcon. Is that
0: a 296 in that it, car? No, I
2: it? wish. It's a 170. <laughs> it's a straight six. It's like grandma's Ford Falcon. Yeah, Is the shifter on the... <laughs> no, we moved it. We moved it to the floor. So it's got a four speed. So it's awesome. All but right. the shifter was there. What color is it? It's white. It's oh. like a cream white. Cream white vintage Ford Falcon. In, what year? Uh, 1962. And the best part, I bought it for so cheap. But I could fix everything on it. You know, I could work on that car. And if something breaks, I can fix it, like, on the spot.
0: Yeah, you can open the hood and actually see all the parts there just easier. It's so cool. I love that car. It's like an old guitar. 62 Ford Falcon on the Far Out podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's it, man.
0: All right, Far Out, bro. Jared James Nichols in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I'm Frank Hannon. We're signing off. Thank you, Dad. Thank you for listening, everybody. (laughs) This has been the Far Out Podcast with me, Frank Hannon, brought to you by Gibson Guitars and Two Frogs Bar and Grill in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Well, I should listen to Mr. Bill